0: Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing, heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 72 of Speaking from the Heart. Today, we have Adele Cole. She's a registered nurse and founder of Wellness with Adele Cole, living in central Pennsylvania with her husband, Cameron, and four children, three girls and one boy. Both her husband and Adele run separate businesses, but also homeschool and do a lot of homesteading and suburbia, as they call it. She's also a Lyme warrior, which offers holistic Lyme coaching and Zyto scanning services to help clients achieve and sustain healing goals. Adele's passion is helping others embrace and even enjoy the healing journey with the goal of saving time, energy, and money along the way. One of the main ways she approaches this as a coach is by looking into how clients develop individual health resiliency to allow them to live the life of their dreams. Oftentimes, this is the life of freedom clients always wanted but thought was out of reach due to tick-borne illnesses or difficult ongoing health issues. She can help others meet those goals one step at a time. And I think for her story, having a tick-related illness that had happened to her early on in her life I think that it will definitely tell a lot about her own story, which I must warn you, when we do talk about that story, she'll talk a little bit about suicide. So I will encourage all of my listeners, as a warning, to not only stop listening to this episode if you do not want to approach that subject, but the most important thing to consider is that there's always help for those that are going through those sort of experiences, especially a traumatic experience. If you ever need somebody to help, always consider dialing 988, which again, I'll put that in the episode notes if you ever need somebody to reach out to. There's also plenty of resources with the National Institutes of Health that can provide different types of information as it relates to dealing with individuals that are going through that. But I highly encourage you to listen to this episode because it really provides not only a traditional understanding of really what's evolved with this sort of situation, especially as it's gotten to be known more prevalently with the types of things that ticks can provide to people. But I think that we can all understand a little bit more about how something like this can profoundly change our whole path in life. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we're here with Adele Cole. Adele, thanks
1: for sharing your heart with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Josh. I'm glad to be here.
0: I am too. Thank you so much for being part of the show and just sharing a little bit about yourself before you even got started, too, because I'm always thankful for the people that have been part of this and really thankful for your time as well. So, Adele, I've already let the audience know a lot about you, but what really intrigued me more than anything else is that you went through something that my mom has gone through, which is Lyme disease in itself. And since that's a big part of who you are, I was wondering if you could start off by talking a little bit about how this came to be where you found out or maybe didn't find out because I also saw a little bit of that as well when I was reading through your bio, but I'm just curious if you could share that with the audience to start us off.
1: You bet. I will try to do the condensed version for the sake of the show, but it was quite a journey for over most of my life. And unfortunately, I don't have exact answers still to this day, but I've learned along the way that's okay too. You don't have to have all the answers to still make progress, right? But it all started when I was a child with some obscure symptoms after a hike where I had some tick bites and I was around 11 years old at the time. Could I have had Lyme before that? Possibly. I had had other tick bites in my childhood, too. So this is where it gets a little nebulous. We don't know exact things, except that a few weeks after this hike, where I had to remove some ticks from myself afterwards, I developed a high-grade fever and a bullseye rash all over my body. And a few other symptoms, migratory joint pain, pretty much like the equivalent of a pretty bad flu. The fevers, the aches and pains, bedridden, just really felt crummy, really unusual for me as well. I was a very healthy, athletic kid, really active. But my parents investigated, obviously. That was pretty concerning, especially with this like full body rash all over me. And back then, I mean, we're talking the 90s, not to date myself, but I will eagerly do that for a time frame. <laughs> 90s kid here as well. So it's okay. Hey, 90s. Hey. I mean, I knew no one that had Lyme. Lyme was just this obscure thing that was really random and most people didn't get. And I'm from Central Pennsylvania, it's very high volume tick. Population and no one knew Lyme was actually a thing back then. Even my doctors misdiagnosed me unintentionally. They tried their best, but I was pretty much diagnosed with equivalents of childhood illnesses like Fitz disease and other things that were viral. And they said it would run its course, even with the bullseye rash (laughs) and everything. That's how uninformed people were about Lyme back then. And the more you know, the more you grow, or whatever you want to say. But I did, in fact, improve over time. Right about what they said, about a month or two of being pretty much bedridden as a kid, I finally started to get back functionality. And the only problem was I never really fully recovered, but we didn't really realize it. I was functional and I was living like a good childhood again and back to my sports and my athletics and my extracurriculars and doing well in school. But then when I was a teenager, for sure, whatever reason, we don't exactly know again, I got hit with illness again. And it was at that time the doctors had to run more labs. It was, again, like a relapse of the flu type stuff. No rash again nothing like that, but just sick for no reason. For people that know autoimmune diseases, it presented like a bunch of very common autoimmune diseases like chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and arthritis. And the doctors ran more lab work at that time. And that's when they found the Lyme. On just a basic Western blot, typical everyday type labs, not a specialty Lyme lab. And it was already chronic by the antibodies at that lab time as a teenager. We actually went back and asked for evidence of my lab testing when I was 11 and sick. And the labs were lost by the lab company itself. How convenient. Yeah. So I was tested when I was 11 for Lyme and had the bullseye and everything, but I was told everything was negative. And it actually, now I know, might have been too soon to test, actually. And we didn't know that. But regardless, it was a misdiagnosis and then mistreatment. When I was diagnosed as a teenager, I was given a month of antibiotics. I was offered more if they helped. My doctor was trying to do the best he could. It was just my PCP and the antibiotics ended up making me so sick and so toxic feeling that I declined further medical intervention after that month because I didn't know any better. And again, a lot of looking back now, a lot of learning new things would lead me to make different choices. But here I am because of it. So I pretty much managed the rest of my teenage years with like after that month of antibiotics. It helped again a little bit, but I had to quit my high school athletics. I had to back way off my extracurriculars. I made it through school with good grades only because that's all I focused on. And also I was homeschooled. So I had a little bit of flexibility to finish high school or else I probably wouldn't have even finished high school on time, to be honest with you, just because of how sick I was. And I managed to get through high school and even college with the help of some alternative medical options like changing my diet. Basically, I exhausted traditional medicine community health. My rheumatologist could only offer so much. I did see an infectious disease doc. He could only offer so much. No one really knew what to do with me. And I was just building up autoimmune diagnoses instead of actually treating the Lyme component, which I was told wasn't an issue anymore. And so I accumulated, I don't know, around seven different autoimmune diagnoses into my young adult years. And I was set up for a few more that they were working me up for, even than that. And they were only escalating. And I was, again, into adulthood facing chemotherapy to manage my autoimmune symptoms. So I managed mostly through holistic tools, honestly, just to get by, thinking that I had all kinds of autoimmune problems all along and into my adult years. And what has brought me here today in my mid-30s, there, we said it. But what has brought me here today to actually be the healthiest I've been since I was 11 years old before I got my tick bites that caused all this ruckus, what got me here has been Learning about Lyme literate treatment, getting actual proper Lyme literate treatment, and taking the time, because it's taken time over 10 years now to completely hone in on and revamp my health where nothing is off limits. I looked at it as a holistic, whole person perspective of healing with multiple different modalities involved in that. And that is finally what has done the trick for the ultimate healing I've been able to experience and sustain. Instead of having relapses and the ups and downs and the battle that come with that. And I'm still on that journey. I'm still not fully in remission of Lyme. I actually it turns out have other co infections from ticks as well, but I'm knocking them out one by one like whack a mole. And <laughs> despite not being fully in remission, I'm still living the life I always dreamed I would live, but thought at one point in time I would never see manifest because I thought I'd be dead by now. Honestly, I was so sick as a teenager that I never dreamed I'd live into my thirties. I didn't see how it was possible. I felt like I was dying.
0: I want to say a few things. First off, wow, to the fact that you have just overcome that, but yet you're still fighting that even in your mid-30s. Thank you for disclosing. But the other thing with what you said too is that Lyme disease, just like some things that we've learned about even as kids in the 90s growing up, a lot of things were also misdiagnosed. My audience has already known that I was misdiagnosed even as a kid too. I was told I was mentally retarded from the doctors that my mom was saying. And now here it turns out, I only found out earlier this year that I'm autistic. It was actually a completely different sort of situation yeah. happening. And I was tested over and over again. And there's a lot of blame that can go around. But instead of that, I'm hearing a lot more of, yeah, I've been able to do that and just overcome that. But I was wondering... When you were going through this, even in the earlier years, when you were still kind of wafering on, well, yeah. what is it that actually is going on? Your mom and even the doctors were trying to figure out what was happening. Yeah. What kind of feelings were associated with that? Because I can only imagine that being a kid, that could be pretty traumatic that you're not able to do the same things as other kids your age. So can you talk about that for a bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Funny you say that too about. Just now realizing what you've actually gone through your whole life in an accurate way. Similarly, to tie into your question, my therapist currently, which, hey, everyone, go get a therapist, by the way. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> and I'm not appealing recommendation, no matter what you face. But I have a really good trauma-informed therapist currently, and one of the first things we discussed upon meeting her was how I have been through medical trauma my whole life. And I never realized that. I'm not too proud to say it. I feel kind of dumb saying it, but the whole point being, you're right. I was walking through this very traumatic situation in my life medically. Never mind other stuff that was part of life too, outside of just your medical, physical well-being and mental well-being. And yeah, I went through a very dark place as a teenager and subsequent occasional dark spots or dark nights of the soul, if you will, even into my adult years for various reasons, often slightly medically or very much medically related, but it started right around the time of my diagnosis before we had a good handle on my health that I felt even stable. I was very depressed. I was very much suicidal and doctors were not, and psychologists, I did get safe. I got help. So psychologists got on meds to acutely manage that and keep me safe. While all of that helped to a degree. The disservice it did me despite that, and again, everyone doing the best with what they knew at the time, was that no one at any point in time until I was 36 years old identified that this was largely related to medical trauma and some other personal factors too from life and being a teenage girl and all the things, but that the root of this to a large degree Was rooted in medical trauma and things that I needed to walk through in that regard. And so when we misdiagnose, I mean, humans, doctors included, are only human. They're going to make mistakes. But when humans do make mistakes, the impact can be very devastating. And so knowing better isn't better until you do better, too. And getting out of that dark place was really hard and it involved a lot of, honestly, One of my pillars of healing that I promote now in my business, and that is community. It really took the power of my community, which was very small at that point, because I couldn't be socially active like I would want to have been. And I lost a lot of friends and a lot of relationships through that. And I had a lot of rocky relationships through that because of my capacity. But the power of community is besides the medical factors of medicating, getting a therapist, doing safety measures. Besides that, community was one of the biggest factors to helping me survive.
0: Yeah. And I say to even people as well that are going through even my coaching, it's about building that safety net for yourself. But it's also about realizing that there are people that you let into the safety net that are not safe whatsoever. So you got to purge that out, too. And I'm sure that there was a lot of that, especially when you're talking about the medical trauma that you're working through to kind of realize that. I'm guessing, and I don't know, this might be a Captain Obvious sort of question, but you essentially became a nurse because of all these things, right?
1: Yeah, you know, ironically, right, doesn't that always happen? It works out for you, not to you. It's not against you in life if you choose to let it happen for you. If you choose to look at it that way, oftentimes, yeah, it was bad. It was trauma, what I went through. But you're right, it led me to the medical field and me. End of it all. I actually was going to school to become a physical therapist and, and an athletic trainer. I was going to dual major, but it was honestly ended up being too much. Yes, I was getting through it, but I realized the long haul of that was going to be seven years of school, maybe a career that would be hard on me. Like think about athletic training at sporting events, evenings, weekends, long hours. So I actually switched majors in college to nursing because I knew at least that I wanted to stick in the health and human sciences field. And that was definitely the right fit for me to be in that field. And nursing turned out to be, of course, the right fit for me, too, at the end of it all. But I had never honestly entertained being a nurse before that moment in my life. It was very clear my direction needed to pivot. And I went with it. I was, like, really scary as a young adult. But my parents supported me. It didn't mean I missed any time in school. Actually, I was able to stay on track for graduation. It worked out. And it's been a beautiful journey to be able to take my nursing career. I was a critical care nurse in an ICU for many years and then other management capacity, transfer center capacity for a while. And now I have my own business as a nurse based around Lyme disease education and coaching because of exactly what I went through. And it took a little bit of a spiral roundabout to get there, but I got there. And this is exactly where I'm meant to be. And the best way I can serve and use what I've been through, trauma and otherwise, to make the biggest impact in the world.
0: I love the fact that you are using that to make a big impact because for myself, when I was reading your bio and was thinking, man, this is really specific, a real big niche for you to be able to focus not only on Lyme disease, but some of the things that are surrounding that. Now, I have to be honest, I've had people that are sales strategist coaches. I've had people that are fitness coaches. I've had people that do Reiki, which we were talking about earlier before we started. I have been in the business of doing life coaching and business coaching, things like that, for over a year. I've talked to successful public speakers. I've had world champions come on the show as well that have talked about their experiences of doing that sort of tournament style. But for you, this is something quite unique in itself. So. When I go to recruit someone like you, which your business, Wellness with Adele Cole, what should I expect, especially someone that might be suffering from Lyme disease? I noticed that you do scanning as well. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that as well.
1: Sure. The main thing that I offer are individual coaching, one-on-one coaching, scanning, and I have some online virtual courses that some of which have a group coaching component to them as well. So I have a few different options for people that want to work with me. I mostly do coach those with Lyme or tick-borne illnesses. However, I have coached outside that realm as well because there's a lot of general health-related topics that apply across the board, whether you have Lyme or not. And at the end of the day, it's not your diagnosis that specifically defines you or your path. And there's a lot of ways to get to healing. So... I approach it all from a empowered, holistic perspective, I like to say. It's a lot of what you talked about, Josh, about finding your voice and using that. One of the biggest things about being a nurse is being an advocate for your patients. And mm. I've had to be an advocate for myself my entire life. I literally was the one coming to my doctor with research about what I thought was wrong with me because they didn't know. At 15 years old, I remember printing off articles on our old Mac computer and taking to my doctor trepiditiously in the hopes that he would collaborate with me on some thought. And I feel like this is just an expansion of that. So, yeah, I offer services to discuss people's path with the goal and the hope of saving them time, energy and money along their journey. Because my journey is now over 20 years in the making and ongoing, but I've made the most progress in the last decade. And I've learned enough along the way to be able to help people avoid some of the pitfalls and the disruption to the actual meat and potatoes of their healing that will in the end save them the time, energy and money to get there. All while empowering them along the way to take ownership of their journey, no one else is responsible. No doctor, no other person, no coach, no one is any more responsible for your journey than actually you are at the end of the day. And how you approach it is how others will start to approach it. And what will really make or break your success in the end of it all? So that's the coaching aspect. I have some courses. I'm actually in the middle of rolling out my signature course, which is Designing Your Holistic line Healing Blueprint. And it's me literally taking all the pieces and walking you through. It's self-directed for people that are struggling with their brain function a little from Lyme and whatnot. You can do it at your own pace. And it's all video recorded access forever. So you can revisit what you didn't catch the first time designed by Olime for a Lyme, <laughs> so you can walk through that step-by-step program, basically start to finish of how to get to your next healing goal wherever you are on the journey, whether you're just starting out or whether you're close to remission and want to achieve and sustain remission. The course applies to anyone where they're at and you put in the pieces that you need as you need them. And it builds the foundation, the blueprint of your healing and sustainability for it. And then the Zyto scanning is the newest addition to my services. It's actually a tool that my family started using a couple of years ago for myself and my kiddos, some of whom also have Lyme and tick-borne illnesses, which is another piece of my journey. Well, family affair here. Yeah, and then I actually got my husband even on board with scanning, which is saying a lot when you get a dude on board with holistic healing, actually, right?
0: Yeah, I'm a skeptic myself. So sure. there, you get me on board, you, there must be something good about it.
1: Right, right. Well, he has his own, like persistent health issues to a degree that even I was having trouble figuring out exactly what direction to approach them from, even with my knowledge base. And so Zytoscanning is bioenergetic testing for those that know that terminology. I mostly say this part for the dudes, but ladies like me and us nerds like it too. It's galvanic skin response testing, which is the same technology. I know it gets exciting here. It's the same technology that lie detector testing uses. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect that coming that way,
1: but I know surprise, but in a good way. In that, it's not going to necessarily lie detect you, but it's, it is the technology that allows the software. It's non-invasive. It allows the software through a hand cradle to analyze your body's individual response to different stressors. That is a term from the Zido software. Stressors are like the bad guys that our body faces at any point in time. It could be chemicals. It can be Foods we're eating or food additives, food chemicals, too. It could be stress in our environment. It could be emotional stress, hormones, toxins, whatever you name it. It could be any stressor that you might face that it analyzes your body's response to, fits out that information for you so you can kind of see where you're at. And it could be viruses and bacteria that show up, or it could be that you're staying sick, not necessarily so much because of Lyme or something else, a virus bacteria, but more because of mold or parasites or chemical exposure or a food that you're sensitive to or whatever. And then the software doesn't end with like what's wrong. It actually offers a list of holistic solutions customized to your body and customized to you. That's the best part of it. It's like the most customized holistic tool that is really available, By energetic testing in general. And this is one company's version of that. And I really like using it. It's super user friendly and super client friendly. You're not going to be like overwhelmed with all this science and medical whatever. It gives you a lovely graphic report and a list of what you help choose as your balancers, another Zido term, for the good things for you right now. It could be, again, examples of balancers are affirmations, essential oils if you're open to that. You don't have to choose those. Foods. The easiest medicine is food. It could be stuff like services, like massage therapy or music therapy. It could even be frequencies, if that interests you again, and herbal remedies, vitamins, teas, tinctures. So it's all any holistic category could be on there to help support your body. Now, the big caveat is this is not diagnostic. It doesn't mean that if something shows up as a stressor that you have it in your body. You could. You might. Sometimes it correlates. When I had strep throat once, it showed up as a stressor on my Zyto can actually. So that can happen, but it's not a guarantee and it's not to be used. They say it on their website, Zyto, It's not to be used as a diagnostic tool. However, it's a tool for the purposes of healing and providing insight to your body. So you're not just, as they say, throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. If you're not sure what's wrong. Or you're not sure what your next steps are for whatever your healing journey looks like. This is not specific to Lyme warriors only. You can get a whole bunch of information quickly from a scan like this. My family became very obsessed with it, I will say, because it was actually helping us level up our healing in addition to our Lyme treatment. And we weren't requiring much else in our lives. no stick visits at the doctor. I mean, emergency care was there if a kid breaks a bone, of course, or something, but this was pretty much. A way for us to stay on top of our health without a guessing game, and we just apply the balancers that we choose for ourselves, and walk through those for a few weeks, re-scan, re-evaluate, and we're getting through layers of healing, one at a time. They bubble up as you deal with them. Basically, I became trained as a Zido practitioner then myself to offer that service through my mentor and my holistic health coach that was giving me the service. She offered to bring me in as part of her team, and so like I said, now a service I can provide as well. And the best part is Zido included. Everything I do can be done in person and remotely. Even Zido scanning has an option for remote scanning. So you don't have to be present beside me to get it done, which is great.
0: Yeah. And I was actually going to ask you how that impacted your family, but you answered that question for me. So thank you for for meeting my mind and answering that. Because the other part of it is What has that done for your clients? And I don't mean specifically the testimonies that you have received from them. What I'm really saying is, as a result of what they have gone through with your coaching, has it changed you? Has it impacted who you are today, especially as you've said earlier about going through this yet? Has it given you a new appreciation of the journey that you've been on and that you've been able to share with those same people?
1: Absolutely. I think it is accomplishing what I set out to accomplish even better to have an additional tool like scanning Because like I said, I love to pull from tools that are actually valuable and going to be worthwhile with the intention of saving clients time, energy and money. And so if Zyto scanning helps them get through layers of healing that are never just about Lyme, it's never just about the tick bite, there's always other components, whether it's medical trauma and emotional stuff and mental health stuff or actual other physical conditions or components. Zyto in particular has been the perfect addition to what I set out to do and what my goal is as a health coach. So it fulfills me because I see my patients making progress faster. When they're able to utilize coaching and zydo, or there is a coaching component with Zydo by itself because I'm coaching you as the scan's going on and afterwards as well. So you don't have to do both things. You can pick and choose. But my goal is to coach people out of coaching. In other words, to coach people away from needing me, to coach them into empowerment and the ability to know their body and understand what they need and what direction to head without necessarily always needing a coach by their side. There's nothing wrong with that. I still need coaching and mentorship in my own life by all means, but I don't want to see clients that I have to continually coach in illness that aren't seeing the goals and progress made that they want to see made. We, I don't see that. I'm not doing my job.
0: Yeah. No, we are not doing our job. Right. And I say we because yeah, for, for me, sure. especially, I say the same thing. I say, look, I can help you with getting to where it is and keep you organized with that, but really your job is to hold yourself accountable with that. And we talk about why you couldn't hold yourself accountable so that you can try again, because sometimes that can be so whimsical of nature sometimes when we are not able to do that or even just put us in that depressive state, which you have talked about as well. Adele, we're almost out of time, but before I go into having you just talk a little bit about your business, I have one final question. And it's relating to something that you wrote in a blog on your website that I wanted to point out. And you say this exactly verbatim, which I'm going to read for the audience. You can certainly fact check me, audience, if you think I said it wrong, too. But Adele doesn't have that chance because I'm saying it to her. She can fact check later. Bert. But you say this. My story shows that healing is possible. It may take time, and that's okay. It's not one size fits all. And there's power in moving forward, whether scared, anxious, or unsure. With that said, I think that is so true in that we sometimes are afraid of the narrative that we want to create in our own lives. For you, this is a very deep question, but I think that from everything that you've shared today, I think this is really important for me to hear and also my audience. Do you feel that you're writing your best story today as a result of everything that you've been through and everything that you have accomplished? Given the fact that you've had these big trials that you're still even admitted that you're going through, are you satisfied with that and
1: why? Absolutely. That's an easy answer. Mm -hmm. Um, The why? (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of whys, and I'm trying to discern real quick here, like, the biggest piece of that for me. And maybe it's not
0: the biggest piece for you, but maybe for somebody else, too, that is hearing this.
1: True. I think because it's not original to me to say this, I know, but there's true courage in facing the unknown along with the picture of fear and anxiety and possibly your whole world changing. And I think I'm exactly where I'm meant to be because there's no other way. There's no other path than to be exactly where you're meant to be. And that's hard to hear when you're in the worst place. I'm meant to be here, but that's not your forever story unless you claim that as your forever story, but you don't have to. I think the tricky part is people want it to be a quick fix. Of course, I wish it didn't take me 10 years of treatment to get here and 20 years plus of unknowns to get here. I wish it was faster. And that's why I'm trying to make it faster for people. But I can't at the end of the day control and I can't guarantee a time frame and no one can. But if you are satisfied knowing that you're on the journey meant for you and that your courage manifests in showing up regardless of the fear and working along with that, you can learn to embrace, excel in and enjoy your journey, which I also say a lot in my own marketing and as a kind of a little tagline for what I do as well, because it's all about your perspective and you can impact your healing with your mindset as well. It's another piece of it. So yeah, I am an example to others, to my own children more than most of all. As a mom, you can't deny that, but I want them and my clients to see and know that you can have your best life now. You can have your best life now.
0: That is the genuine article in itself, is to just be able to have whatever you wish for it to be out of life. And you don't necessarily have to settle for less, especially. And it can be settled for less, especially if you think that you have these medical issues that, yeah, they're legitimate and they should be taken care of. There should be no deniable plausibility with that. But there is a way through that to navigate. And I think that you provide that from what I hear. But I'm sure that people are really interested in checking you out, especially if they, knew, if they know somebody yes. or they know themselves that they're going through Lyme disease or something of that nature. Why don't you go ahead, for the last few minutes, tell us a little bit about not only how we can access your website, how we can get in contact with you, anything else in terms of services that we should know about. I'm going to give you the last few minutes.
1: Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, you're exactly right. Even if you don't think you're impacted, that's great. I'm glad you're not. But you probably know someone that is nowadays. It's so common to deal with tick-borne illnesses or even to be unsure. I can coach you through what to do if you're unsure. So yeah, one of the easiest ways to reach me, I think that sticks in people's memory, is my name, is my website, adelecole.com, to keep it easy for you. A-D-E-L-E-C-O-L-E. My name's like the singer. But don't expect me to sing. That's not my gift. I'm not singing
0: either. I was never <laughs> going to make that joke. And I'm glad that I did it. You <laughs> well, said it, not me.
1: I know. I'm calling out the elephant in the room because everyone always asks. But I'm the OG Adele. I'm older than first. <laughs> yourself. <laughs> but yeah, Com is my website where my blog is linked. My services are linked. And my story is linked there, too, for you as well. I had a YouTube channel as well through that website. So any access to me there you can find to your heart's desire. You also are welcome to email me. My email is oilswithadele at gmail.com. And I'm happy to just connect with people and meet you where you're at. And if you have specific concerns, we can talk about. I do love, I guess the term these days is a good discovery call. We don't have to call it that. But for the sake of people understanding what it is. I love a good phone call or even an email chat back and forth or whatever you prefer to talk about if I'm the right fit for you before you even decide what to do with my services. But yeah, I have a few other things on my website too you might like to check out. For example, I have a virtual kombucha brewing course, which is a piece of our healing journey. So I turned it into a short little, again, self-guided and self-directed hands-on way to brew your own kombucha at home as a part, if that applies to your healing journey. I realize not everyone's into that drink beverage of choice, but we love it in our family and it tastes so much better at home and it's way cheaper too. So if you poke around my website, you might find a few other little tidbits that I offer. I actually have a Lime Planner journal combo that I created that because I couldn't find one on the market to suit my healing needs. So I made my own. And that's on there, too, because when you have a disease that is impacting every area of your life, you have to track all these things and keep track of your supplements and your appointments and take notes from your doctor. And then if you're really working on healing your mental health like I've been through, you're also trying to journal effectively or process effectively. I've put pieces of that in there, too, for emotional healing as well. So when you can't find what you need, you sometimes make it yourself. So again, I encourage you to poke around on my website and see what's out there because there might be something there that's fit for you in an unusual way.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, wow. I love it. And yeah, it is serious, but I'm laughing a little bit because I'm like, "Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe combine all these things because they're all connected. So definitely really appreciate you having those resources. And I will put all that in the episode notes for those that want to access it as well, including even the YouTube channel too. But Adele, I do want to say that For people like you, it can be a very tough journey to get to where you are. And you definitely have demonstrated to me, especially in just the last 30 seconds, that you are a very multi-talented lady that has so many different gifts to offer. And thank goodness that someone said, hey, let's just do this basic test and just see what turns out to find out what has been plaguing you so that you have been really a warrior on this earth helping people get to where they need to be, especially if they have something like this. And for all those reasons and so much more, Adele, I want to thank you so much for being on Speaking from the Heart. And This was an awesome conversation to have with you, and I really appreciate you being so open with us today.
1: Well, thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure to be here, and I appreciate the chance to share my message too and my journey. Do you have a plan when something might
0: happen if tragedy strikes? What are you going to do to overcome the unexpected in your life? Are you ready with that plan of action? Are you ready if something where you thought you might be willing to do turns a complete 180 degree direction and you have to move in that way in order to survive? I have to thank Adele for bringing those set of questions into mind, especially as it relates to the different types of things that we go through in our lives that create Not just the illnesses, but also the solutions that we derive from those illnesses. Let's be real. Illness can create the different concerns and questions that we have in our lives overall as to really how much we can fully function, not only in the physical sense, but also the mental sense. And this goes back hundreds of years to even the dawn of time when we had medical plants, and even tools to our disposal, which certainly have evolutionized the world of medicine in the last hundred years to get to where we are today. Having a full range of diagnostic tools to help provide some of the best solutions when things come up. I have to say that it would help so many other people if these tools would have been around even when I was growing up, literally just only 30 years ago. And I have to say that because even with some of the things that I've shared about my autism diagnosis, I wish that there was more of an understanding about how the brain works and how there's different spectrums to the ways in which we interact with different people. But I think that for Adele, she really was able to move through the different types of things that were happening despite the fact that her mom and even herself were given misdiagnoses along the way. She found her own solution, which is why she does what she does now, which is in a sense helping to create health and wellness coaching for a wide variety of different people, especially in central Pennsylvania, which has a large population of ticks, mind you, especially being one of those kids growing up on a farm, always picking them off and having my mom light a match to them because that was one of the sure fine ways of making sure that they never crawled back on you. But what if we went outside the traditional ways in which we did medicine, in which we did something completely different? In other words, why always do the same things that everyone else is doing to achieve the same results? Because are we really achieving the same amount of results? Full disclosure, I have two master's degrees, one in business administration from Alvernia University, and then a second one, public administration, from Shippensburg University, both located in Pennsylvania. Do I really need to have those degrees in order to get to where I am today? More than likely not. Did it provide a more of a world view for me so that I would understand the different types of solutions that might be available, especially as I run a business? Absolutely. Do I think, though? that in the overall grand scheme of things, I would have been able to figure that out myself if I had the sheer willpower and determination to go through all the different types of things that need to be done in order to have that sort of solution in my hands. Sure. I think the question really becomes a matter of how much time are we willing to put, especially if time is the most precious thing that we have in our lives. What kind of trauma might be going through our lives, even now, that might be causing all kinds of time being lost. Now, I know that's a very touchy subject because for many of us, we would say that our families are the most important thing, and I would not dispute that whatsoever. I've been one of those people for now a few years realizing the true importance of having a family, especially when somebody else is really close to you that you really care about. But family isn't by blood. It's about the people that we connect with, and we create some of the best bonds in order for us to help through all the different types of obstacles that are in our lives. And I can think of numerous people in my life that have been substantial enough to influence me. As a matter of fact, just last month, we were featuring some of those Toastmasters that definitely have made that positive contribution as a whole. But when we work with community, and we work on that opportunity to grow, We start to build safety through the numbers and the experience that we garner through that. And I think for Adele, especially being a registered nurse, she had that intention starting out. She wanted to find that niche in order for herself to create that success, which I think for many of us we need to do in order to have not only the ability to sell ourselves, but to distinguish amongst others why we bring value to the table. Time, energy, and money, those are the things that we all hold precious, but out of all of them, I would say time are the things that could make us fall into those pitfalls. There are things in our lives that we can take as journey moments, the very things that when we're standing in front of the fork in the road and we decide whether we go left or right, or we go backward or forward, We have to decide what are the best ways in which we can move in the direction that is being yielded to us. Essentially, what is life telling us to do in order to move in that right direction? And for some people, it is not easy to do. For this person talking to you right now, your podcast host, it was not very easy to do as well. And we were literally just talking in episode number 70 about the importance of understanding Where we can go, especially when we have that niche that we want to find. Bill, in that episode, talked a lot about those different aspects, but I think that it goes much more than just the professional realm. Now, in this episode, we're talking about the personal aspects. There's true courage about changing our story in which we want to claim. What is the fix that we really want to have in our lives that will give us? That moment of, yes, I have done it. Sometimes we don't get that moment. Sometimes tragedy strikes and then we're robbed of those opportunities. And I've unfortunately have heard so many stories in my life that relate to just that experience. But even with all the trauma, with all the different things that we go through as trials in our lives, it defines who we can be and who we want to be as a result of all those experiences all those moments in which we were tested and i think that's what is so important is that traditionally we're told that we need to do xyz abc 123 in order to do what we want but sometimes doing what we really want is not necessarily what really yields from those experiences what i mean is You have to realize that sometimes, when moving in those directions, you have to be ready to pivot. So it means not just having the real plan, but what would happen if that real plan has to go to the secondary plan or the third plan, maybe even the fourth plan? I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here recording episodes and talking about my experiences in such a personal level, especially with some of the guests that I've had some of the most interesting, amazing conversations to date. But I think for many of us, realizing to open ourselves to that forum of opportunity, of engagement, by creating those growth measures, by breaking down the safety that we build amongst each other, can help us to make advances to the future. That is the sole reason why the medical profession has been so successful in being able to make some of the best advances. Whether you disagree with them or not, especially in the world of vaccines, it has certainly saved millions of lives. There is evidence to prove that. But I think it's about finding not just our niche, not just avoiding the pitfalls, time, energy, and money, but it's about understanding that we have many tools that we can use to accomplish that task. You don't have to be like me with all the degrees I have. And that's not to just brag. I am very proud of them. But what I think you should be proud of is that you're listening to this very podcast in which you're listening to great stories like Adele's that are inspiring others to realize that maybe, just maybe, you don't always have to be stuck in that same level of trust that you've always been in. Because let's face it, the traditional path doesn't always spell success. You have to have the courage to fix and claim what you truly deserve in life. And when you do that, not only are you going to be successful, you're going to be fulfilled. And fulfillment is the ultimate success story in itself. Thanks for listening to episode number 72 of Speaking from the Heart. And I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.